0: Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast, and I have a great treat for you today. I'm super excited to have a couple of my long-term friends with me. David and Shirley Quine, who are the publishers of Cornerstone Curriculum, are homeschool pioneers. Uh, They were homeschooling back in the day before it was not only a popular and cool thing to do, but really before it was even a thing to do. And so I am so grateful to be able to have them on this show and to be able to introduce them to you if you don't know uh, who they are. And um, thank you guys for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's our privilege. We're so glad to be with you. So you're
0: joining me from kind of Richardson, Texas area, right? Do I have that correct?
1: Yeah, right. Just outside of Dallas.
0: Yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, You guys were some of the first homeschoolers that I became aware of. Uh, My mother started publishing Homeschool Digest Magazine in 1988. I think somewhat shortly after that, you started to write a regular column for her publication. And then we're longtime columnists for Homeschooling Today Magazine. So people recognize you from there, Uh, at least the, the old time veteran families will. Uh, You have been speaking at conferences for many, many years. I I think maybe my first introduction to you was somewhere probably around 89 uh, at the HEAV convention in Virginia. Uh, You guys had a booth there and um, still I I think what I remember was a a lot of um, emphasis on art and music at that time, classical music and uh, giving art education and um, we we became introduced to, I think my mom already knew you by that time, but, um, I became introduced to you. And then just over the years, we've had a lot of great opportunities to speak at many conferences together and to, uh, to, to do that whole odd living on the road thing, going from city to city every weekend. It's a, uh, it's a unique kind of life that's, uh, certainly not cut out for everybody, but I enjoy it. And I, I appreciate that you guys have been at it for uh, just a, You know, long, long time, and so again, thank you for joining me. And let me just ask you guys, because I was thinking about this as I was coming into this, um, you know, this interview. I was thinking there's a lot that I don't know about your backstory, and I would just love to kind of take a running start at this because, um, first of all, you know, you guys have a a strong focus on training and teaching children with a biblical worldview, strong emphasis on family discipleship and, and parents passing the faith on to the next generation. Was that part of your experience? Were you both raised in Christian homes? Uh, were you discipled by your parents? Did they give you a biblical worldview? Is, is that part of what, uh, get out this path for you that you, you've pursued or, or did you come to that later? What was, what, what was this, your backstory with that?
1: You know, um, we we didn't really come from that kind of a life. Uh, our parents were uh, uh, church-going Christians, um, moral Christians, and wonderful uh, parents uh, to us. But it, in terms of um, uh, a consistent reading of the Word of God and <clears throat> understanding how the Word of God applies to all of our life, that just wasn't a part of our family.
2: Normally, either. Um, it was... Uh not at all a part of my family and uh, it was just God in his wonderful timing and grace uh, allowed me to become a Christian uh, in my junior year of high school and uncoincidentally providentially was the same time that I met David and uh, we really so we really began our Christian walk almost at the same time he became a Christian about six months before I did
1: right and and our first real exposure to really following the Lord was uh, the focus was discipleship and uh, 2 Timothy 2 2, the things that Paul taught Timothy, that Paul expected Timothy to teach others. Uh, and that was just ingrained in us from the very, very um, moment that we began to follow the Lord in college. So uh, it, it's homeschooling became just the natural avenue uh, for us, uh, though. You know, before we had children, we hadn't talked about it because no one was talking about that. It was, you know, public school or private school was uh, what everybody did. So, you uh, know, it was, it was kind of like uh, starting a new trail, uh, I think, in both of our families. And, and it was so it's such a miracle that God brought us together and united our hearts uh, and gave us uh, a, a really a, the same vision uh, for uh, leading our family
0: did your relationship as a couple begin was that in high school or in
1: college yeah it was in high school It was pretty much of a miracle uh, honestly uh, we went to uh, rival high schools in Oklahoma City and well I was in Oklahoma City and Shirley was in Midwest City and um, it was uh, we were both involved in student council and once a year uh, we had a student council exchange day and uh, I was going to stay in my school and Shirley was going to be sent to a school and um my friend, uh, John, who was the president, I said, hey, John, be sure to give me a guy because uh, I don't want to. We're just going to go and have fun today. And I walked in and, you know, and John says, oh, here's your guest. And it was Shirley.
2: <laughs> it was uh, a divine appointment. for Chicago. Yes. A totally
1: divine appointment. Yeah. Yes. And so then,
0: um, then you had uh, how many children did you have uh, total through, throughout your uh, parenting experience?
1: Oh, we have nine children. We
0: have nine children. Right and, and, and were they
1: always? Seven more than I originally thought. We seven more. <laughs> that's so a story. We that's might get a story in itself. Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, quite a story. Yeah. Wow. He <laughs> said uh, we, we home, home educated all of our children from, okay. uh, basically from birth to uh, when they went to college.
0: And was that a foregone conclusion for you? Like, is that something you talked about early on in your marriage that you wanted to do, or how did that come about?
2: Oh no, not at all. Um, I was an early childhood education um, teacher. David was an elementary or was a junior high teacher, and so we were both involved in either private or public systems. And then later, he became a, a science consultant for the school district in which we lived. And uh, we always thought that school was a good thing. I mean, we'd had fairly decent experiences in school ourselves. It wasn't that we were necessarily rejecting that system from the very beginning of our of our parenting. It wasn't until we began, um, well, David, as an administrator, starting to see what was really being taught in the classroom and also what were the children's, attitudes toward learning, and they weren't good. They were they were sadly um, really, I'm lacking words. Honey, help me out here.
1: Well, the, the students had no joy of learning. Um, uh, even first, second, and third graders, it was so tragic. And, of course, I knew that the word of God wasn't being presented there. I, I really got involved in education. Um, I, w- I was a geology major and a math minor. And um, when i um in college, I, I couldn't really put, you know, the the Bible and science together. But I just kind of left them compartmentalized into two groups. But um, I think my senior year in college or my first year out of college, I read um, Dr. Morris's book. Um, oh, The Genesis and- Flood. The Genesis Flood, right. And, yeah, with John
0: Whitcomb and, um, and Henry, Henry Morris.
1: Yeah. And, and God really used that book to change my perspective. And understood that that there's no conflict between science uh, and the word of God. And so I wanted to go back into education to teach students how that they could um, not shelve their brain uh, and and be a Christian, but that they could truly understand there's scientific evidence for a worldwide flood. And, of course, then the whole idea that God is uh, our creator. And I did that for uh, five years as an eighth grade science teacher, which was so exciting because I'd have students do debates. And I always wondered what uh, the superintendent and the board thought uh, about that. I was a little bit nervous. Uh, but actually, it was because of that, eventually, I was hired uh, by the superintendent because he wanted creation taught in the classroom. Wow. And of 122 secondary science teachers in our school district, I was the only one that held that position. Wow. And that, that philosophy and idea of life. So, um, I wanted, I wanted our children to, uh, that have a joy of learning, to have the ability to reason, but more than that, that they would have a love for God and a trust in God's word. And I knew that that wasn't going to be what was taking place in their elementary school or junior high or high school. And so it was such an amazing um, uh, intervention of God, honestly, as, as here we are going in this direction. And then Shirley hears a presentation that's talking about this strange thing called home education. Um, I was at work and, and Shirley was at home with, uh, I guess, Bryce, Ben, Blaine, and Betsy at that time, four of our children. And uh, she said, she called me at work and said, you've got to listen to this guy. Uh, and so that that intersection by the divine grace and providence of God changed the course of our whole thinking about our own family.
0: Do you remember who that speaker was, Shirley? Can you remember who, who that was?
2: Dr. Raymond Moore, of course. Dr. Raymond yeah. Moore. That's yeah. how my wife
0: got started in homeschooling, was her mom heard him on Focus on the Family. Do you remember yeah. what year that was
1: approximately?
2: Was, I believe it was 81, 81. 1981. Yeah. Yes. And our
1: Our son, Bryce, was enrolled, actually. Uh, in kindergarten, in the same building where my uh, office was, and uh, we heard this, and he was enrolled, and we heard it—I don't know, maybe May or maybe June or something like that—and um, and so now I've got to go to this principal and unenroll Bryce. Wow! And like, well, how am I going to do this? Wow. And i go in and and uh, have a conversation with them, and he's asking me about Bryce and what his learning is like, and um, and he said, you know. And then I said, I, I think that we've decided to keep him home for this year. And uh and honestly it was such an encouragement because he said, you know, I would do the same thing if amazing. I were you. It's totally amazing. So what a what a confirmation for us to begin this journey. And we had no idea where it was going. Yeah. You know, we homeschool one year at a time, you know, and not always very successful, particularly in the first couple of years. I mean, it was like, trying, we tried to put school in our home. Oh, man, it was such a disaster. You can't do it, you know? Five or seven subjects with four or five children, try it. it. It's it's impossible, you know? And so God began to reshape and give us a new paradigm, really, on what learning should really be like, that fosters a love for him and a trust in his word.
0: That's fabulous. So, if you started homeschooling around 1981, I might have this a little bit wrong, but I'm thinking that homeschooling in Texas didn't really become legal until about 1992. So, your experience in homeschooling your children would have been quite different than people who are homeschooling today because, you know, in 81, there was no homeschool legal defense association, there were no homeschool curriculum companies that would sell to you, there was no homeschool network. you know, Gore hadn't had the internet yet. Uh, you, you didn't have all the resources that people have today. There was no paved road ahead of you. Um, what, what was that like? Did you guys feel like social outcasts at times? Or how did people respond when, when they found out your children just didn't go to school? What was that like for you?
2: Well, one of the most difficult things for us, I think, was that our, uh, it was very difficult for David's family. Okay. Um, his dad, of course, they grew up in, during the depression, and his father had to leave school after the fourth grade. Yes. To uh, he help provide for the family, and so consequently, um, his mother felt we were throwing away a great gift to throw yes. away the opportunity for our children to go to school because mm-hmm. she misunderstood initially that we weren't actually not schooling that we were teaching our children. That was what we wanted more than everything. Um, And the the joyful, wonderful thing was that the older our children grew to be, the more that his mother came to love and adore what we were doing with the children because she saw the fruit in their lives. And um, she saw, you know, when she would look at people she knew whose children were in public education or even private education, but just their lives were not whole and they mm. were very broken
1: mm.
2: uh with all kinds of sociological problems and and uh just many problems
1: sure. then she was
2: with sure. our family and she saw a completeness i think and a and a growth in our kids that she just really uh, came on board so that was the hardest thing as far as you know rejection and you know, the Lord gave us a small group of friends who also were beginning. They were early homeschooling, just like we were. And, uh, and the, well, and also the movement of homeschooling grew quite rapidly in the Dallas, Texas area. Uh, there was a great upsurgence <clears throat> of homeschooling.
1: Yeah, I left the school district in uh, 84 uh, because the super, new superintendent didn't want creation taught in the classroom. And so it was kind of like, well, what's going to happen now? Uh, I had been doing uh, a thing I called Super Science Saturday uh, with homeschool parents. So uh, was that once a month or once a week? I can't remember. Once, once a month. Once a month at yeah. camp, and uh, and so uh, we just felt like that God had opened the door for me to teach teachers uh, the the uh, the way to uh, explain the creation of the world from a scientific point of view from that's, in, that's consistent with the Word of God, and now He had closed that door. But you know. Sometimes the crack is small and sometimes the crack is larger. Um, and we walked through that door um, in 1984, and, and we told people that what we were doing, and we had 200 people show up for a, a weekend conference back in wow. 1984 wow. Uh, in the Dallas area. It was pretty wow. shocking. That's we had no amazing. idea, you know, but that was the interest yes. uh, that uh, God really birthed. You know, I mean, we're talking about, 81, when Dr. Moore talked, I know we talked again in 82 and three. So God had used that man and Dr. Dobson in a way that, you know, it goes back to that God was turning the hearts of the fathers back to the family and to their children. Mm -hmm. And this movement started really on that premise, I believe. And the whole premise of Deuteronomy chapter six of, of the things that Moses was teaching the parents who would teach their children, who would teach their children um Again, the second Timothy two, two Paul to Timothy to faithful men and to others and it, it was it was an amazing thing to see actually what God was doing and um, it you know it wasn't structured like you say I mean there weren't uh, i mean textbooks companies wouldn't sell to you um, which it, my my master's degree was in curriculum design and so um, Shirley's or some of our friends they would they would quote say they had to school and buy some books, but i didn 't want to go that route personally didn 't seem honest to me anyway, and so sort of would say well while you 're working well while you 're working i 'll teach what you write and so in the evenings, I would write uh, our math program making math meaningful, and our science to search, and like you mentioned already, our music and art program i 'd write those programs for surely to teach our own children and it was it was uh, well um at first I was a little humiliated because I would write something and I'd come home and I'd say, well, how did it go? And she said, well, it didn't work. And I go, what do you mean? It didn't work. I mean, (laughs) I thought it was good. And, uh, And then what she said was so insightful and it really changed the course of what I did. And she said, the things that you're thinking are inside your head and they're not inside of mine. And so I started writing a script. I said, "Oh, if okay, so if you were going to teach multiplication, for example, this is what I would do, and this is what I would say." And so it was like I was home because Shirley was reading a script of uh, what I would have said uh, to our children, and it was It was beautiful uh cherished moments, really, I mean, hard moments, of course, but uh, really cherished moments.
2: Well, and that was so helpful and so important for me. Uh, I was just very insecure at teaching our children uh, i didn 't and and math and science, particularly were my poorest subject areas. I felt the weakest there, and so I had not the really slightest idea of how to communicate a concept that i didn 't even understand myself had not really learned those things in school. My gifts, I guess you would might say were more along the history and literature and writing type of gifts, and so I really needed him to hold my hand and walk me through it, and it's turned out to be a blessing for other people as well, because many of us do feel weak in one area or another, and uh, I, I think that's a, that's a gift that, you know, has been given through our curriculum to many people, that there's a lot of um, gently leading along through our curriculum.
1: And you, you know Israel, I I didn't start writing to start a curriculum company honestly. I wrote to help teach our children how to have a love for learning and how to be able to reason and to be able to be consistent with the word of God. And I mean it's it was so it was just so amazing because some of our Shirley's friends would say, "Hey, what are you doing in this subject?" and so you know, she would Xerox some things or and hand them out. And this one lady, she moved to Austin and she said, oh, can you, uh, you know, send down the things? And I say, you know, I don't even have a typewriter. It's just all handwritten. You can't read my writing anyway. And uh, so she said, oh, I'll find you a typewriter. And and it was like, well, it's just the way we live, <laughs> honestly. You know, right. it's like moment to moment. We don't know what God's going to do, but we know he is going to provide for what we need and what ministry God has called us to. And I'm sure you've seen the same thing in your ministry with your own family and with those that you minister to on a daily and weekly and a yearly basis.
0: Well, one of the things that I love about your curriculum is that it's so relational and relationship is really essential from a discipleship model. And, I was uh, at our state homeschooling conference a year or so ago was talking with a lady there and she told me that she was using the public school at home, you know, online uh, curriculum. And I asked her uh, what it was that appealed to her about that. And she said, well, I like it because I don't have to pay for it and it involves absolutely no parental involvement whatsoever. (laughs) And, I thought, you know, that's, ex- that's exactly why we don't want it <laughs> in, in my family. And one of the things that we love about your your curriculum is that while some parents may look at it and say it's a, l- a little more parental involvement than some others, it gives you the opportunity, particularly like making math meaningful, which uh, we've used with all of our children, and they, they have done exceptional in math, um, and even the ones that struggle with math. Uh, have Have loved it and enjoyed it and um, the the thing that that we like about it is that uh, it 's conceptual it helps them to understand the concepts, the critical thinking is wonderful but but also the relationship your your kindergarten math is just the best that i 've ever seen for kindergarten math because it really uses objects that you have around the house, you do projects together, you do experiments together, and you 're spending time with this child, it's, it's so different than most of the other, you know, kindergarten programs where you you give your child a book and you expect them to draw or write numbers or, you know, trace lines or whatever. This one is actually things that you do with your child. And at five years old or six years old, that is so important. And so your educational philosophy, I could tell you if I didn't know you, I didn't know anything about you. I could tell that that was really your heart, that you weren't trying to necessarily cram uh, formulas into a child's brain. You were trying to create in them a love for their parents, a love for learning, and an ability to start thinking critically. And so your your math program is really pre-algebra from the beginning. Yeah. And that may sound scary. I don't I mean to scare people yeah. off. It's, it's, uh, it's not presented that way, but it just teaches you how to think in concepts. And so we absolutely love it. And I, I want to dive into the curriculum in our ne- next episode. I uh, wanted to lay a little bit of groundwork here so that people kind of know you and your family and your background a little bit, how you got started in writing curriculum. I want to talk more about the curriculum specifically in our next episode. But as we uh, sign off on this episode, what is a way that people can get it with you and how can they find out more about the materials that you publish? How can they follow your uh, publishing ministry?
1: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, well, we have, of course, the website, Uh, uh You can see um, all of the new things that uh, we've created and also things we've created in the past. And, um, uh, uh, also, if you want to email, you can do quine at cornerstonecurriculum.com. And uh, honestly, I prefer texting. And so you can text me at uh, my cell phone, 469 222 5149. To me, texting is a lot easier to respond to, but if a person doesn't like the text, they prefer email. Um, I'm not the greatest email person, uh, but um, I, I'll try <laughs> that way. But um, those are three ways That's that. And of course, uh, we have a Facebook page as well. So a variety of ways. So, um, our son Ben is trying to get us to do a few more things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we we feel like we're um, we, we're available. You know, like parents go. Well, do you have a teacher's guide to such and such a program uh, that we've written? I go. Well, you know, if you get stuck, you just give me a call. There you go. And I said text, but you can also call on that number. So you can either text or call. I don't care which. You know. And, that and sounds relational.
0: <laughs> That's you know? very relational. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and the, the, so the Facebook group, you just go on Facebook, search for Cornerstone Curriculum and the page. You can find that. And um, there's a lot of articles that you guys post on there, uh, things that you've written and so forth. And so I highly recommend uh, this curriculum. They have resources from kindergarten all the way through high school. It is a biblical worldview curriculum. We're going to dive into that in the next episode of the podcast to discuss what that means and what is biblical worldview anyway and how does that integrate into the curriculum. But uh, Al, thank you guys for joining me and uh, we'll look forward to you on our very next episode.
1: Awesome, thank Thank you. What a privilege. Thank Thank you. you so much. God bless.
2: Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit familyrenewal.org.